I am getting a couple words of knowledge for healing. And the, the first one is in the, kind of the left hip area. It, it's kind of in about that area. And, it, and it's a pretty uncomfortable pain. I don't know if it's uh, a matter of an injury or something that happened in the past, or I don't know whether you just slept wrong last night, but, but where are you? Who, ha who has something like that? Does that describe anybody here? You might, you might check online, Sarah, just to see if somebody fits in that category. Oh, is that you, Daniel? Yeah. Or are you just raising your hand? No, I have a hip thing. You what? Oh, you do? Okay. Can I pray for you? Sure. Would you mind coming up front? You know, Daniel, he, he gets into worship all the time, and so sometimes I can't tell whether he's saying, yeah, I have the problem, or he's just praising God, which is a really good problem to That's have. Such a good one. How long have you had this problem? I don't know. I think I work a lot and I sit wrong or something. Okay, it hurts touch where it hurts. It's just kind of like, yeah, through there. Okay. Do you have the fob on? Oh, I, I, I do have the fob on. Yeah, because it's Soap Sunday, you know. <laughs> okay, so put your hand there one more time. Father, we just thank you that, Lord, you are the healer. And, Father, we release your healing power right now into this hip. I command muscles, nerves, ligaments, and tendons to be healed. In Jesus' name, I command pain, inflammation to go. I cancel the assignment of the enemy right here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now tell me if that feels any different to you. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, it feels good. Does it feel better? Uh, yeah, it's not real strong right now. So, yeah. so in other words, it, it bothers it you more really sometimes strong. than others? Yeah, I sit all day kind of okay. in this chair, and, and I'll know then. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you have to call me tomorrow, let me know then. Is I that will. what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> or we could just yeah, have no, you we good. could just yeah. have you like sit yeah. down in church for a while. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it feels better? Yeah, it feels good. Okay. I believe, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know though. Okay. Okay. You bet. The other one the other thing I'm getting is um, it's like it almost it, it it's in the kind of the knee area on the left side again. I don't know if it's uh, Related or what? Who is it? Cool. How long has it been bothering you, Caleb? Uh, it's been a little over two weeks. Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember hurting it? Yes. And it's your left one. Yes. Okay. This is so fun, isn't it? Yeah. Father, we just thank you for Caleb. Thank you for bringing him to church today. And Father, we just ask you to touch his knee. Right now, in Jesus' name, I command pain and inflammation to go. Father, I ask you to restore this need to function like you created it to function in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for your touch in Jesus' name. Now, move that around and see if that feels any different to you. Yeah, the pain's starting to go away. Is it? Is it? It is. Okay, do something for me. Just walk over to where Todd is over there and then just walk back to me. Come on back. What's happening? Like the pain's just subsided. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't God amazing? It is. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that, that this isn't a religion? That it's a relationship with the living God who loves us. 
and who, who longs to invade our lives and invade our families and invade those that are around us. And, and just, I, I think of him sometimes like, like, like he's just poised. And he's just waiting for somebody to invite him to come. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Well, today is Soap Sunday. And that's the first Sunday of every month. And what we do is we give people an opportunity to share. And the idea is, as you're spending time each week in your Bible, I don't know about you, but I, every day when I read my Bible, I ask him to speak to me. I ask him to stir something up, like, like a passage or, or a verse to grab me. And when that happens, I always just write it down. Because I know that that means the Lord wants me to spend some time with it. And, and, and the way SOAP works, SOAP is an acronym that stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so this is what I'd like you to do. And I, I put this in the email that I sent out to everybody. Uh, if you want to share a SOAP today, there's, there's these sheets of paper that are back kind of by the computer there. Grab two of them, put your name on the top, and put your scripture reference, that you, that you're, the scripture that you're soaping, and give one to the sound person, and give one to Cheryl, back for translating into Spanish. And see, it, it just gives everybody time so that when somebody introduces a scripture, that, that they can see it. And, and Cheryl will have already looked it up in, in her Spanish Bible to be able to share that. So, who would like to share a soap first? Caleb? I'm sorry. Did I call, did I call you Caleb earlier? And, and God still healed you? That's awesome. Thank you. You betcha. So, I like this scripture. It is... Psalms 65 through 5. Yea, faith answer our prayers with awesome deeds. O God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone, everyone on earth, even those who sailed on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and arms yourself the might, with mighty strength. Like, I like that one because... Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and... That's right. So, I, I'm trying to repent for my sins, to see and to be forgiven, but there's so much on this earth that our Heavenly Father has made for us, you know? And it's... It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how much that he's put on this earth. Thank you. So, so, let's, 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 so your observation is, wow, you know, look at what God has put here. How would you turn that into a prayer, do you think? Uh, thanking, yeah. thanking him. Just why don't you do that? Oh, God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for putting all this wonderful, the wonderful stuff on this earth. Please bless 
the people who are out there, homeless on the streets, that are suffering, please give them strength to one day be where I'm at in my sobriety. In heavenly, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks. Cody. Thank you, Cody. I teach a Spanish class on on Wednesday nights, and and uh, we always begin by making a statement. You know, we'll we'll say the greetings in Spanish: uh, "Saludos a todos mis amigos de Zoom, aprendiendo español." Um, but then, then there's a statement where you fill in the blank. And, and this last Wednesday, it was something I'm really bad at is. And then you fill in the blank. And mine was remembering names. And that's not good for a pastor. Now, I remember faces. Like, uh, I will never forget somebody's face once I see it. But it takes me a while to get their name. But once I have it, I have it. All right, who else would like to share a soap? Come on. Awesome. And so they have the information, the proper people? Okay. Well, let, let's, 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 what, what is your scripture? Romans 12, verse 2. Okay. Romans 12.2. So most of you know where I work. And last year, and part of this year, has just been kind of tough. But here's my scripture. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will earn to you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect is what got me. Wow, I can be perfect. In God's eyes I am. So my observation is very simple. I have been conforming and it can really hard it can be really hard not to. Especially when you're get surrounded where where most of you know where I work that's it's really tough it's been a hard time but constantly I'm reminded by Jesus he always taps me and points and waves his finger at me so pretty simple application is not to my my prayer is Lord renew my mind father God in Jesus name Pretty simple. I wish it was this simple as I wrote it down. <laughs> but that's my prayer. <laughs> that's a powerful verse. The first message I ever preached was Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Because God just grabbed me with that. You know, that, you know the, the, when you get into the Greek, it, it's like it's, don't let the world take you and shape you and mold you to, to be like it. To, to, to tell you what's good and what's not good. You know, don't let that be, but rather be transformed by the word of God, getting God's perspective. 
Who else has a soap that they would like to share? Come on, Jen. And you've communicated with the right people? Awesome. And then I looked at my scripture and I thought, I got carried away. <laughs> you know, teachers, they like, they like a lot of stuff. And I started a Bible study, and one part of the Bible study was about communion. And I've been Christian now for 54 years and studied this a lot. And then this particular teacher brought out some extra things that really never thought about. So I'm on John 6. And I'm going to start with 25 through 40. It's in the uh, Passion Translation. And actually, the one scripture that we're going to go back to when I get all done here reading is uh, John 6, 56, is a core of the whole thing. But I've got a lot of background on this one. Uh, Jesus, the day before, actually fed the 5,000. And so he goes back across uh, the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum, and they go looking for him. They don't know where he's at. So on verse 25, when they finally found him, they asked him, Teacher, how did you get here? Jesus replied, Let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. And they replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. They replied, show us a miracle. So we can see it, and then we'll believe you. Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in, oops, lost it, every day in the desert, just like the scripture says. He fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? The truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. Then, sir, please give us this bread every day, they replied. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me, and you will never be hungry. Believe in me, and you will never be thirsty. Yet I told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. But everyone my father has given to me, they will come. And all who come to me, I will embrace and will never turn them away. And I'm going to skip down to, because uh, this is a long one, I'm going to skip down to 47. I speak to you living truth. Unite your heart to me and believe, and you will experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert and died. But standing here before you is the true bread that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. going to skip down to 56. The one who eats my body and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. The Father of life sent me, and he is my life. In the same way, the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. I am not like the bread your ancestors ate and later died. 
I am the living bread that comes from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. Jesus preached this sermon in the synagogue in Capernaum. Um, so the observation I found when I was reading this, and I didn't read the whole thing because it, it would take a long time. Um, what came out in the teaching is communion is not only to help us remember what Christ has done on the cross, although that is super important. It can even increase your faith if you allow the time to meditate on what actually happened at the cross. I didn't really think about this, but it can help your soul be healed and prosper and lead to protection from spiritual contamination and sin and help us abide in Christ. So being reminded of all the benefits of Christ's sacrifice shows how much he loves us and what our salvation has done for us. This increases our faith and belief, which leads to the healing of our soul. Uh, she, she taught for a while that if you're having trauma, if you're having addictions, if you're having mental health issues, taking communion helps you get through that, helps you get delivered. Um, so verse 56 says, The one who eats my body drink, and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him which is the same as what God said or Jesus said in John 15. Abide in me, and we will abide in you. And then we bear a lot of fruit when we do that. So the application I'm using for myself is when I was um, diagnosed with the first cancer in 2009, I went to a meeting down in Tri-Cities. There was a well-known prophet down there. And he saw the Holy Spirit hit me, and he says, ah, get up here. <laughs> and so I came up. He says, what's going on? And I told him, and he says, well, the reason you had that first cancer is trauma had opened the door for it to come and get you. And so thinking back last night when I was writing this, it, um, I probably had a lot of traumatic issues since 1981. And so we know the first one was that door was open because of trauma. Probably the second one, too, that was diagnosed in 2014. And God had been talking to me about taking communion anyway. And then he said, I want you to do this for a while until I tell you differently. Every time you take medicine, which is six times a day, I want you to take communion, too. Anytime you eat meals, because I'm concerned about eating because of diabetes, I want you to take communion too. I want you to uh, proclaim and declare scriptures about healing. And so I'm going to do that every day. So it's about six times a day to increase my faith and, and fellowship with Christ. Anytime I sin, have a disappointment, a, a wounded soul, experience fear, warfare, or offense. I'm going to repent first, of course, ask God to cleanse me, and then I'm going to take communion to help grow my faith and my relationship with Christ. And what I'm expecting at the end of this process is that I'm going to experience a complete healing of every system in my body, including my soul, and it's going to manifest as a result. And that can happen for anybody. So let's go ahead and pray. God, you are good. 
to give us deeper revelation of things that were, are, are important to you. Even if we're old Christians have been in the faith for a while, you still can teach an old doctor tricks. And I thank you for the death and resurrection of precious Yeshua. And thank you for communion that helps us to meditate on what you've done, to strengthen our faith, to grow closer to you, to be nourished and refreshed and healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I didn't mean to steal all your scriptures during the communion today. Okay. Okay, uh, Taylor, I think you're ready, aren't you? I mean, she's, when you come and sit in the front row, I'm thinking she's ready. Okay, um, so my scripture is Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I read in a devotional that everything he touches, he has the power to transform. Then this verse was brought to my mind. It's a verse that's been showed to me multiple times, probably throughout the last at least six months that I can think of. Um, and I was just so grateful that he continues to show me this verse over and over. Um, we should hold on to the hope that he does not forsake us when we have hardship. And then, I don't know, is the picture going to come up? <laughs> so I took this picture um, the same morning that this scripture came in. And the observation, I looked outside and I saw this sunrise. Um, and it just made me think of... Um, that his light is always going to outshine the darkness. And I just really liked that the light was seeping into it, and I, it made me think that it's not always going to be automatic that we feel his yoke just come down on us. Sometimes it's going to take a process. Um, and even though we don't always feel that he's working, he is, and it might be slow. And we might not understand why he's doing what he's doing, but he is working even when there's feels like nothing is happening. Um, and I said, call on the Holy Spirit and then be quiet. Just listen, and he will come. He's already here. He's fighting battles that we don't even know are happening. Um, and the application would just be remembering this picture <laughs> um, and holding on to hope, staying in his word, clinging to him. Um, he wants to fight our battles just like he fought for David. And my prayer is... God, I thank you showing me that you're always here through the simplicity of nature. Thank you for never leaving, even when it feels like you're doing nothing. Thank you for your grace, mercy, and reminding reminders all throughout the word that you are the God of hope. And when you are in the room, failure is not an option. Um, Jesus, be with all of us. Bring your prodigals home. Oh, goodness. <laughs> by seeing the light in his people. Let us radiate your light in your image. Um, bring us those who need to hear that they are loved and that their story is not over. There truly is hope for all of us. And last thing, I really want to encourage us all this week to sit in his presence and ask him how we can show others that there is hope. Um, ask him to bring those home that we need, or that need to hear him and be with him the most, and allow our hearts to be open and welcoming to people as who they already are. God is so intentional with his people, 
and his plans. There's a spot for each of us to serve him and do our part. Church is supposed to be a safe place full of acceptance and love, and we are the church, and God calls us all to unity. God bless. And this is crazy, but Cody, I wanted to tell you that you said you're repenting and that you wanted to be forgiven, and I want you to know that you already are, and he is here with you. So that is the end. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm not the only one that gives homework. You've got to sit in his presence now. Samuel, you ready? I figured you were. Thank you. I wrote mine out this time so that I wouldn't go over the 36 minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. There we go. Courtesy laugh. Thanks. Okay, my scripture is from Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22 in the NLT. And when people escape from the wickedness of this world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved in sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They proved the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to his vomit. And another says, a washed pig returns to the mud. My observation is this. In my life, I have backslidden pretty far away from the Lord. Fortunately, I had a very loving and prayerful wife that warred for me and for my return. We talked about that time sometimes, and something she said really helped me understand that backsliding is not losing salvation. She said, your roots did wither. But you always had a tap root. She is very, very cool. When we truly believe we are born again, we are saved. But that does not mean you won't backslide. This scripture makes it sound like salvation can be lost. But that interpretation is inconsistent with other Bible scriptures. So what's going on? Well, I don't know about you, but in my own time of backsliding, I went back to the things that I was doing before I was born again. On a scale from 1 to 10, I would say before I was born again, it was a 6 or 7 in severity, but that number went off the chart when I backslid. I was way, way worse. I was worse off than before. So my application is this. 
This scripture is not a warning of losing salvation. It is a warning of the condition of a person if they backslide. We have an enemy constantly warring against us to go back to the old hang-ups that we used to hold on to. We must be rooted and built up in him, as Colossians chapter 2, verse 7 says. If you, like me a few years ago, are in that backslidden state, hear me. God has not abandoned you. He never will. But now come out of the dog's vomit into his loving arms. Stop looking at the sin as stake. When God sees it as poop. That's another Staceyism. Here's my prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we need you. Touch our hearts again as you did when we first believed. Forgive our turning away. We cry out to you again, O Lord. Restore us. Pull us up and out of the muck and the mire. Cleanse us as we begin again growing in you from that taproot that never eroded away. You are a faithful King and Lord and God. Amen. Amen. Good soap. Who else would like to share? Dave. Thank you, sir. Morning, everyone. Uh, the scripture is Proverbs 22.6. There we are. Cool. In the Amplified. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Observation. How should we raise up our children? Application. What are we teaching our children? Jesus, who is called to train up our children? We are. Jesus, we know the strengths of our children. We know their personalities and proclivities. We are unique in our callings, as are our children. God makes individuals for his family. We are peculiar treasure chosen for him, even our children. Jesus, evil stalks us and our children. A world that does not know You has no values to protect our children. If they don't know evil, they do not know truth. They deal with your children out of what they know. 
Jesus, your selected parents for our children know what evil is. We know when our children express opinions and we are left wondering where they got that idea. Evil fondles our children's minds. Jesus, let us raise ourselves in the way we should parent. Let us raise up our children in the way they should go, unmolested and virtuous. Let us drive evil far away from them. Let us stand up for our Lord and his children. Bless you, Lord. Protect your children. Amen. All right, anybody else have a soap to share? If you don't, I'm going to share one. Just a warning to you. Okay. Yes. Okay, come. Oh, did, did I not see you back there? Well, okay. Hi. Yeah, I'm going to translate it into Spanish. Ecclesiastes. You get me closer to it. You are. I'm going to show more that. Right there. <laughs> okay, everybody, I have a question for you. What time is it? But before you answer, I want you to go to Ecclesiastes 3 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And you know, this is a, such a familiar verse, they made a song out of it, right? A popular song at that. And at the beginning of this, it talks about time in our ultimate experience from the moment we're born until we die. And the, my observation is that the world has made us slaves to time. A lot of our pressures come from time, whether it's on the road, at work, or if we feel like in our careers we're not as far along as we should be, or maybe, you know, time just can be a problem. And this verse can bring us so much comfort because God is in charge of time. There's seasons and there's times. There's a time that is already specified and you cannot circumvent that. You can't jump ahead of God's timing. And so it's such a blessing to know that we can take all of the weight of time and concern over how much time we have or how much time we don't have and just hand it up to him and receive his peace because he's established how long it's gonna take for me to get through school. He's, gonna, he's already established how long I'm gonna live. He's already established how long my ear is gonna take to heal up. You know, I mean, he has established it all and so my prayer is, Father God, I just thank you that you're in charge of all time and that no matter what the world tells us about time, we can look at this one verse and we can look at this one chapter and know that when it comes to time, you're in charge of it all and we have nothing to fear and nothing to worry about. Fill your people with peace and help us to share that peace with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for letting me come. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Praise God. Good stuff, huh? 
I don't know if you've been ministered to already, but I sure have. I'm always encouraged to hear what God is doing in people's hearts. I'm trying to figure out how to open my computer. My soap comes out of uh, Psalm uh, 131. Um, let me just read it to us. Psalm 131 is, is verses 1 through 3, and that's actually the whole psalm. Lord, my heart is not haughty. Some translations say proud or lifted up. Nor my eyes lofty. One translation says raised too high. Neither do I concern myself or, or occupy myself with great matters. Nor with things too profound, too marvelous or awesome for me to grasp. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a winged child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope, we're talking about hope, Taylor, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. This psalm is about, this is my observation, this psalm is about trusting God. It's about not trusting in ourselves or trying to understand everything with our mind. It's, it's about trusting in the Lord and not leaning on our own understanding. It's about a posture of humility and experiencing rest and quiet for our souls. Lord, my, my heart is not haughty. It's as if the psalmist has said, I, I choose to keep my heart in a humble place, to humble myself in the sight of the Lord. Nor my eyes lofty. I'm not trying to see things beyond my understanding. I'm not trying to focus on things beyond me. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. I realize that there are things that I can't understand, at least on this side of heaven. There are things that I, I can't fully see or understand, and I'm okay with that because he is God. Now, this next verse is, is my key verse. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Just picture a, a baby in the arms of, of his or her mother. If you're talking about someone who doesn't understand all that's going on around them, that's a baby. A baby has no clue about the wonders and the workings of the world around them, yet they, are, they can be totally calm and, and quiet and content. They're, they're nestled in the arms of their mother. What, what a picture of how God has designed us to live, for our souls to be calmed and, and quieted and resting in him, continually realizing that we are held in, his, in the arms of God himself, he loves us. He cares for us. He, he, is, he is tender and compassionate towards us. And we can fully trust in him, just like a baby, being held by a loving mother. This psalm encourages us to deepen our trust in God. And beyond that, verse 3, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth forever. It's not just about a moment in time, a moment of realization, a moment of rest and, and, and quiet and peace. It's about a lifestyle, 
uh, of putting our hope in the Lord, resting and trusting in him. He, do, he does know everything. He knows what I don't know, and he's got it. He's God. My application is, is this concept of calming and quieting my soul. You know, that's a choice, to calm and quiet my soul. No one can do that for me. God can help me do it. Do I trust in God enough to, to let go of the things that concern me? Am I willing to obey the scriptures that say to cast all my cares on him for he cares for me? Or what Paul said when he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the next verse says, in the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Am I willing to put into practice what I know I'm instructed to do in the word? I have calmed and quieted my soul. This passage brought just another passage in Psalms to my mind that, that I'm putting this in the application of this. It's Psalm 116, verse 7. The song, have you ever had to talk to your soul? That's what the psalmist is doing here. It's kind of like there's another place where it says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, talking to your soul. Mind, will, and emotions. Bless the Lord. Well, he, this is what he says. Psalm 116, verse 7. I do have that on an overhead. Return to your rest, oh my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Re return to that place uh, of resting in God. Oh, my soul, mind, will, emotions. Remember, the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I, I love the New Living Translation. It says, let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. I like that. So my prayer is this, Father, I pray this picture over every one of us today that we could see ourselves in your arms and that you would help us to calm and, and quiet our souls. Lord, Lord, especially anyone who is struggling to understand what's happening around them. God, I pray that you would calm and quiet our souls with your comforting and compassionate love for us. I pray that you would make each one of us like a weaned child in the arms of their mother. God, help us to humble ourselves before you, to trust in you, even when we don't understand everything around us. Help us to calm and quiet ourselves with humility before you and to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. What time is it? Let's have the worship team come. I, I, I want us to close this morning just by turning our hearts and turning our focus to him. You know that first song that you did? Could we do that one? Oh, I'm sorry. You had a different one, right? Well, he was just asking what. I was like, what? Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Could we stand together this morning? I, I, I want to invite us to do something. And it may be for some of you here, but it also may be for those that are tuning in 
on Facebook and, and those that may even watch it on YouTube at another time. But I, I want to give you an opportunity to open up your heart and experience the God who loves you. You know, how can we possibly experience what life is supposed to be about if, we, if we're not connected to the one who created us, to the one who loves us? If you want to know him, pray, pray this prayer sincerely from your heart. Pray this, Heavenly Father, I want to know you. I need you in my life. Please forgive my sins. Cleanse me by the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Be in charge of my life. Show me why you created me. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Words can never say the way he says my name, he calls me lovely. No one ever sees the way he looks at me, he sees me holy. Words can never hold this love that burns my soul, heaven holds me. Heaven holds me. I can't hold my love back from you. I can't hold my love back from you. I've got to sing. I've got to sing, sing my love. You would not believe the way he touches me. He burns right through me. And I could not forget every word he said. He always knew me. The earth could never hold this love that burns my soul. Heaven holds me. I've got to sing, sing my love. I can't hold my love back from you. I can't hold my love back from you. I've got to sing, I've got to sing, sing my love. Can't hold my praise. I can't hold my praise back from you. I can't hold my praise back from you. I've got to shout. I've got to shout, shout my praise. One more time, let's do that one. I can't hold my praise back from you. I can't hold my praise back from you. I've got to shout, I've got to shout, shout my praise. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. My soul makes. Makes it 
boast in the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. My soul makes, makes its boast in the Lord. Can't hold my love. I can't hold my love back from you. Can't hold my love back from you. I've got to sing. I've got to sing. Sing my love one more time. I can't hold my love back from you. I can't hold my love back from you. I've got to sing. I've got to sing. Sing my love. I've got to sing. Yes. I've got to sing. Sing my love. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. It was experiencing his love for us that awakens our love for him. And the more time you spend with God, the more you fall in love with him because you experience his goodness, his love. Can I invite prayer teams to come up and be available to pray with people this morning? The benediction I'm giving you is Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you, saints. Have a great week.